certain publications do not have the willingness to take on insurance. One, because of the potential loss in advertising revenue. The other is because they're worried about the deep pockets of insurance companies. We don't want the insurance companies to pay a dollar more than they owe, and we don't want them to pay a dollar less than they owe. We just want them to pay the obligation that they accepted when they collected our premium. When your own father, the father of a roofer, has been gaslighted to say to his own son, look at these dirty roofers, what they're doing. Your money comes from nailing shingles to roofs. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. What, that's what puts food on your family's table. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast, and I'm here with Doug Quinn of the APA. Oh, God. <laughs> I think like, we should leave that yes. in there. Let's leave that in there. We're leaving that in We're leaving just to that show in. that this is legit and real. Yes. And he's actually going to have Coke and Red Bull dripping all over him you know what? throughout it's, this interview. This is, it smells good. Can you hand me a towel or something? Yeah. Um, here. What we're talking about is the big lie of Florida insurance. The insurance game in Florida it could spread to your state. And so I don't want you to get confused. This is not just about Florida. This has implications for the rest of the country. And personally, we'll put that at slow-mo, the splash in slow-mo. It represents the disaster that could happen if insurance companies have their way because they're essentially powerful. And I wanna ask to start this off, why are they so powerful and what is, what do they really control in this country? They control much that many people don't understand. They are powerful because, unfortunately, in America, money equals power, political and otherwise. So, you know, insurance has huge amount of money, which, by the way, is our money, our premium money they're using, in many cases using it against us. But uh, they are the second largest lobby just behind big pharma in the country they spend the second most amount of money mm. which is huge that influences politics they're one of the biggest advertisers that influences the media and the media's willingness yeah. to take to air anti-insurance stories uh, because it will impact and that impacts law enforcement in many cases they're they're funding with via grants uh much of the insurance fraud prosecution in some states whenever there's this much money at play and at stake you know, you were kind of talking about the military-industrial complex and mm -hmm. how there's kind of this, uh, there's, there's a book that I like from back in the day called Manufacturing Consent. And it talks, it talks about what you were talking to me about this before this is basically like getting the consent of the public through certain means and like news stories to get military money yep. through tax dollars. And essentially, partly, it also talks about like essentially certain things are big advertisers and news. And news is a product, right? Um, it's a product that would go away if it didn't have advertisers or lessen if it didn't have advertisers. And one of those big advertisers happens to be insurance companies. A dominant one of the advertisers, which means that you know their salaries, their bread and butter is coming from insurance. And we know certain publications do not have the willingness to take on insurance. One, because of the potential loss in advertising revenue, the other is because they're worried about the deep pockets of insurance companies and these huge intimidating legal departments that they have. I'm scared right now just thinking about it. <laughs> what, what about law enforcement? Uh, what happens with law enforcement is in America, 
Fraud happens on all sides of the insurance claims process. It happens on all sides, and all fraud is wrong, and all fraud, regardless of what side they're on, should be investigated and prosecuted where found as a deterrent, because in the end, it impacts us, the consumer. Mm. Right? Anything that's bad for the consumer is bad for America. So now, we do know fraud happens on all sides, but unfortunately, it's only prosecuted on one side. And the reason why is most fraud prosecutors don't go out and look for fraud. Those cases are walked into them by insurance company SIUs, special investigation units. It's like a detective bureau, and every insurance company has one, and they have confidential access to claims information, and they develop these cases, and then they walk them into prosecutors. Mm -hmm. uh, and sadly, they never seem to turn themselves in. Oh, weird. They're only turning in the roofers of the world and the consumers yeah. and right the public adjusters. So the problem with that is if all of those cases are getting funneled to prosecutors or all coming from insurance companies, you know, one thing is, well, how does us as the consumer who pays for all of this mm. with our taxes for the prosecution units, many cases, the insurance money is actually funding the prosecution units mm. through grants and premium taxes, et cetera. So how are you and I getting a fair shake of being defended from fraud perpetrated by insurance companies and the engineers and adjusters and TPAs that they hire? We're not. Who's developing cases to defend Mr. and Mrs. John Smith, John Q. Public, and walking them into prosecutors and say, these people are being defrauded by their insurance company or by the TPA or the adjusting firm or the engineering firm that they've hired? No one is doing that, at least until the APA was developed. The APA, we're only about four years old. We're the first ever organization in American history that develops cases submitted to us by our members, who are many cases people, restoration professionals in the field who, and we, we will develop them and investigate them and walk them into prosecutors. Mm. Um, but what happens is in many cases, what, what we don't have that the insurance industry has is immunity from civil prosecution. Mm. If the insurance company, and one of the things they love to do, if the insurance company comes and accuses you of fraud and walks you out of your office in handcuffs, and they love to put your picture all over the paper and your orange jumpsuit or striped jumpsuit with the terms crooked contractor, dirty contractor, contractor fraud. We see these, you know, sort of gaslighted beat around. And they're wrong. Hmm. And they've ruined your business. They've ruined your reputation in the community. They, you know, they cost you how much money on defense counsel and the cases don't fly or they get withdrawn or you're found not guilty, which P.S., you know, doesn't make it on the front page like it was the day yeah. you were arrested. If you're not guilty, you may not make the news at all, or a charge is dismissed. But if they're wrong, you cannot sue them, unless it's a case of malicious prosecution. A uh, famous case of that was Joe Radcliffe, where the insurance company had what's called exculpatory uh, evidence showing that he was innocent, and they withheld it from the prosecution, mm. and they didn't turn it over, and he was able to win a very large settlement, something like $15 million. $15 million. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, so before we get into Florida, because I want to note that there's some things changing in Florida, and we're going to get into that. But before we get into it, I want to ask just a little bit of how you got into this. Like, did this happen to you? Or, like, what is, why is APA so important for you? And um, just a little bit of your backstory, like a three-minute version of your backstory. So I was a financial advisor for 30 years. I worked for one of the nation's largest insurance companies. My whole career believed heavily insurance. 
I still do. It's a very important tool, a risk management tool for people. Um, I got wiped out in Superstorm Sandy. My house was flooded. Um, no big deal. That's why I bought insurance. I had bought the legal maximum amount of insurance that I could buy. Mm -hmm. uh, I only had to get as much to cover my, the amount of my mortgage. I did not. I bought the flat maximum amount. Again, I'm a financial guy. I've recommended I don't know how many millions of dollars of insurance to my clients over the years. I believe in insurance. Uh, and what we found out is my insurance company offered me 37 cents on the dollar. Uh, and they hired an engineer who created a fraudulent report saying, you know, all this damage was already here. Uh, these giant cracks in your foundation, you know, they're what's called the, you know, from earth movements, you know, fundamental shifting of supporting soils, which conveniently earth movement is an exclusion from the insurance policy. Yeah. Uh, and so they paid me, my house was a complete loss total, but they paid me 37 cents on the dollar. And we found out they were doing that to many, many people. So we all knew something was wrong, and a whole bunch of us, some people who were contractors, some people who were victims, grassroots organizers, people from, you know, we worked very closely with our senators, uh, people from all over, attorneys, fought this, and we were able to catch them changing reports, where the, the engineer on scene would say, you know, this is real damage from the storm. He would send it back to his firm, and his firm in a process called peer review would make illegal changes and adds just sometimes the word not. This was not damaged by the storm. So yeah. we caught them. Yeah. We had the Attorney General of New York raid an engineering firm, seize all their files, go back a couple of weeks later, walk one of their executives out in handcuffs. And that mm -hmm. one arrest, one criminal arrest, was able to get 144,000 claims reopened and $350 million, give or take, money paid out to people who had been cheated. Are you a roofer that works in specific neighborhoods? Is it fair to say that if you're in a neighborhood, more likely than not, the neighbors also need your help? What Dope Marketing can help you do is send automatic mailings to the neighbors of the jobs you've just completed. So whether you know there was hail or wind damage, maybe there's an expiring storm in that area, whatever the case, we can create consistent marketing to the neighbors of the jobs you've recently completed with no minimum order. You can send 10 postcards, you can send 100 postcards, you can send a million postcards. Target the neighborhoods of the jobs you're already working in for your roofing company with your friends over at Dope Marketing. Dope Marketing. Visit dopemarketing.com to get signed up for Dope360 today. So a few years later, those of us who all met during this process got together and we formed the APA to say, you know what, we're, we're done suing. You know, a civil suit has a legitimate place in the claims process. It's a way that an average American can get justice. But if it's a crime, if it is criminal fraud, a lawsuit is not the route to go. Now, maybe in addition to criminal prosecution. But the way you handle criminals is you prosecute them criminally. But in the process of looking at this, we've, we found out that almost all insurance fraud prosecution is done to defend insurance companies hmm. for some of the reasons we just talked about. Never against insurance companies. We had done one of the few instances where we went after somebody on the insurance side and actually got an arrest and a prosecution. So, you know, obviously there's some injustice going on and it's, it's being all of our money, our tax money, our premium dollars is being used 
to basically make sure that the insurance companies are protected. So let's talk a little bit about Florida. So the big lie in Florida, um, we obviously see everybody's tightening up in Florida, like insurance companies, and they're, they're getting aggressive in their lobbying and the, the changing of the laws and stuff like that. Where is this headed, and why does that matter to roofers around the country? What we find is the insurance industry, when they, find, they go into a state and they feel like they have a friendly legislature that, you know, in many cases they've funded their, their election campaigns or maybe they're just pro-big business kind of people, fine. But when they feel like they have got a good balance in the state, they'll have a bill mill drop some very insurance-friendly, in many cases, anti-consumer bills, and they'll ram them through. And now this model legislation, once they've got it through in one state, they'll trot it around to other states and say, you know, hey, Florida's doing this. Why aren't you doing this? And many state legislatures will do it because another state is doing it. And you, you said that for Florida right now, some of the legislation is really kind of towards, it's towards lawyers. They've gone after attorneys. They've gone after contractors. Uh, we certainly know that they've made some very bold statements about public adjusters, and we expect them to do some anti-public adjuster legislation down the road. I've heard that a few times from certain people. <laughs> so, you know, the big lie is what we're watching in Florida and why this matters to everybody. Because, you know, look, you might be safe in Colorado or in Louisiana or Texas or Minnesota, but these tactics, you know, these are national organizations, national companies, and they'll roll these companies out nationally. They'll, they may test it in a market. Or these laws. Like they're, they're going to, basically you were saying it's like a tester market for their law and then they'll figure out a way to, and it's, hey, Florida's doing this. Yep. And, it, and it's not just laws. It's, you know, what we watched with Florida is, you know, there's a lot of these smaller insurance companies who were started by people that, you know, they're not insurance men. I, I, I've yep. worked in the insurance industry for 30 years. Uh, these are not insurance people. These are business people. They're there to make money and ex extract profits. So they've started these companies and they are shifting money out. They're paying themselves extravagant bonuses and ownership dividends. They're using subsidiary companies. You might have one insurance company that's owned by a parent. The parent also owns a, a TPA firm. They also own an adjusting firm. They also own a reinsurance company, a, a general manager for insurance agents. They've got all these other firms and they're paying huge dip, you know, premiums to these other companies, many cases, you know, larger than the amount that is warranted, in some cases for work that may not even have been done, mm -hmm. and they're getting it out of the insurance company. And the model is to leave a minimal amount of money in the insurance company, maybe a 1% profit or maybe even a loss. And then eventually, a lot of the companies are headquarters in the Bahamas, which is one of the largest, them in the Cayman Islands are one of the most prolific tax shelters in the world. So the parent company might be based out of the Bahamas and the money going there, it's being sheltered. And the insurance company, when it goes under, it's like, oops, the company went under, but they've already pulled all the money out ah. and they get yeah, to Yeah, because there's like a couple, that, that was a news story. I think we all heard there's a couple of insurance companies that went under in Florida, but you're saying- Eight that, of them just recently. Yeah. And so you're saying that isn't as, that isn't the story that they want to make it seem. No, and they got caught doing this in 2010. Uh, a reporter from Sarasota named Paige St. John actually won a Pulitzer Prize uncovering this kind of tactic. Yeah. And she, one of the articles she did was how the insurance companies and these businessmen are 
robbing their companies and robbing the Florida market of all these profits. And then the other article that she did focused on how Florida regulators, the Division of Financial Services, were asleep at the wheel, the Office of Insurance Regulation. The people who were supposed to be watching these companies and making sure this didn't happen were not, and it was embarrassing for them. So now we start hearing in the end of you know, 21 and the beginning of 22, all this messaging come out. Lawyers and public adjusters and roofers are defrauding insurance companies. And your premiums are going up because of lawyers and public adjusters and roofers. Coincidentally, everybody who's on the policyholder's side at the time of a claim. Mm -hmm. And these companies are going under because of roofers and lawyers and public adjusters are gaming the system. Uh, and it didn't make sense and the math didn't add up. I had already seen a study done by the Consumer Federation of America in 21 talking about how uh, insurance companies invent social inflation, which is you know jury awards and the things we're talking about, litigation, as a way to cry poverty and raise premiums. So I kind of was hip to that trick. Mm -hmm. And the math didn't make sense. And it also started sounding very much like what had happened in 2010. They started putting out, you know, basically gaslighting the community. We started hearing different elected officials and the people who work for them saying, this is what's going on. They're gaming the system. That's why your premiums are going up. That's why these companies are going into business. Them. People believe them. And honestly, I think even like, like we talked about people parroting back what they've said because mm -hmm. they're very good at propaganda, essentially. And ultimately, it's, it's, it's marketing. So whoops. Because <laughs> I'm a marketer, I understand it. I understand the psychology of it, the fear bit you were talking about fear based messaging to allow it to hit people harder. And, and ultimately, like, I'll just say, I understand there's, you know, I'm saying my dad, talking, when I talk to him about roofers, and he's like, I, you know, I know there's roofers in Florida that are, you know, doing these things. And it's like, part of me is like, I know that there's some. You know what I mean? I know that there's some roofers. It happens that, on all sides. Yes, it happens on all sides. But then at the same time, it's like, who's getting down there and fixing up this stuff? When, you know, like ultimately that's what these homeowners and these policyholders have paid for. And it's just kind of, it's sad that the, in this case, my dad, who's generally like, uh, you know, sympathetic towards small business and cares, and he's not that easily swayed by like mainstream media and, and propaganda of, things like this, is kind of convinced. And he's kind of on the big company side in this situation. It kind of makes me sad. You know what I mean? Like the fact that people are demonizing roofers and my dad believes them, it makes me a little sad. I know he's not gonna watch this, so. Well, that's the big lie. The big lie is you put it out there enough, you tell it enough, and now other people are telling it for you. So the elected officials and the insurance companies started putting it out there, and then the news media started picking it up and putting it out there, and now you have other people doing your work for you. Now your dad, your own father, the father of a roofer, has been gaslighted to say to his own son, look at these dirty roofers, what they're doing. Mark, marketing, marketing company for roofers, but still I feel like I, my, my kinship is with roofers. Like I, let me tell you yeah. something. Your money comes from nailing shingles to roofs. Yes, yeah, exactly. Bro. That's exactly. what that's what puts food on your family's table. Exactly. So 
you know, this is what's happening. This big lie is getting out there and everyone just believes it. And they're quoting statistics that nobody has a source from. There's crazy statistics mm -hmm. that, you know, they started to look into and there's no, but you say it enough and those statistics are now it's a fact. Yeah. So we started looking into that and I started watching these companies go under one after another. And I started to say this feels very much like the scandal that happened in 2010. So the APA was able to hire a researcher. And by the way, some of the people we heard is from, from our own investigation team, because they're on calls you know, in, in the industry, and they're hearing people from Florida saying, yes, roofers are, and lawyers and public adjusters are scamming the system. And now they're starting to believe it and come to me, and I had to sort of educate our own investigators mm -hmm. about this. That's how prevalent this messaging is. But I was able to put a researcher on it, and the first thing, we looked at two pieces. One is executive compensation. Mm -hmm. Because basically, before Hurricane Ian hit, and I think about six or seven companies had gone under this year before Hurricane Ian hit in September. And there hadn't been a major hurricane in Florida since Hurricane Michael in 2018. And then we had... Irma in 2017, and before that, there hadn't been a major hurricane for something like 12 years. You know, a long... So, in between Michael in 18 and Ian in, in 2022, they've collected millions of dollars of premiums. Where did all this money go? How are these companies going under in an environment where there hasn't been a major hurricane? which is the dominant loss in Florida. Yeah, there's one-offs and people are burning their houses down with cigarettes and you know, there's little wind events, fine. But the hurricanes are the ones that do the big damage. So where's all these millions of dollars going? So I put a, a researcher on it and we looked at two things. One is executive and ownership compensation. And the other thing that we looked in and we're still digging into is the shell game of moving money between mm. different subsidiaries with similar ownership moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket and saying, oops, my insurance company, my left pocket is broke. Let's put it into receivership. Let's stick to Florida Insurance Guarantee Association with all of the responsibilities and all those claims. And let's leave, you know, 80, 100,000 people stranded with no insurance uh, product and trying to find a policy out there. Why is some of this like a test market for these types of like things, Florida? Why does Florida get the shaft so much? Florida isn't always a test market. I know mean, they sort of look at a national environment. Now, one of the reasons why Florida is a little unique is after 2004, you know, some big storms down there, a lot of the big carriers pulled out of Florida. And, you know, insurance regulators and any department of insurance, one of their roles is to make sure there's enough you know, there's a viable insurance market. There's enough carriers. Mm -hmm. So they started relaxing. They started letting people, you know, form insurance companies. You know, and it, you sort of had to have, to have a certain amount of reserves. You had to have a certain degree of pedigree. You had to make it look like it was going to be a reasonable thing. And, you know, now they're starting to get desperate. So it feels like they lowered their standards yeah. a little bit. And you watched a bunch of businessmen come in and say, what kind of a model can we put in to be able to make money in the Florida insurance market? May I ask a quick question? Is the light on for the mic? This right? Yes. Okay, perfect. I mean, there's not a light, but the screen is moving. Okay, let me just check this real quick. Is that the question that you wanted to ask? No. Ed, we're good. I just wanted okay. to make sure that... 
I just wanted to make sure it's all still clean. I felt like the question I wanted to ask you is like, how am I faring yeah. now that we've knocked over my Red Bull and Coke? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like exactly. a little half a swallow. Yeah, which, yeah. How are you doing without it, the, the caffeination? You know, I'm surviving. You know, the APA, yeah. we're a resilient organization, and our corporate motto is suck it up, buttercup. So okay, I like that. I have a half little swallow up. There's some carpet dust yeah. in there. And <laughs> Let's see them down it. Okay, so you saw it here, folks. Um, just... Noting that these things in Florida, like how, how might else roofers deal with this? If, if certain things like this are happening in Florida now, scary because sometimes they test things in certain markets. They get something passed and then they say, oh, it's in other states. So how can roofers be thinking about this? How can we deal with that? What can we make as a positive change? It feels a little scary. Roofers, you want at least five solid lead gen tactics building chemistry. Let's say you have door knocking, referral systems, job site branding, and you add in aggressive SEO, paid ads, and boom! Mmm, smells like more leads. Hookagency.com. So the first thing I will say, and maybe we should have started with this is, your ethics matter more than anything, right? Ethical, honest, sincere business. We know that insurance is very important. It's a very important tool for the average American to be able to afford a loss and weather a loss that would normally be catastrophic, right? It's a way that we all sort of share a risk. Mm -hmm. So insurance is very important, and we don't want the insurance companies to pay a dollar more than they owe, and we don't want them to pay a dollar less than they owe. We just want them to pay the obligation that they accepted when they collected our premium. We want them to deliver what we see in all of those commercials every 10 minutes. Uh, and you can't even watch a show without seeing multiple commercials. We just want them to honor that. So what can people do if they want to join the APA? You can go to apassociation.org, click on membership. There's multiple categories of membership. You know, if you're in the business of claims and you make money in claims, then you would be a professional style membership. Uh, we have a professional membership. We have a, a corporate membership where your whole company can be a part of. And we also have uh, board advisors, but that's a different, you have to get voted in. You have to get nominated, you have to get voted in by the board of directors. It's a little bit more uh, required. But just simple, become a professional member. It's a cup of coffee a day. It's $84 a month. I'm a proud uh, professional member. Yes, sir, you are. And and not only do you support this great work that you guys are doing in advocacy, I think also the swag is good. The logo is good. And you had mentioned that you guys, you know, you've had the opportunity to, to testify and that you've also been quoted by several publications. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're, we're a newer organization. We've only been around for four years, which, you know, the CFA has been around for 60 years. So we're the new kid on the block, but we're getting a huge voice because we get to say the things that other people are afraid to say. Mm -hmm. uh, we get to say the things that you probably shouldn't say, but through your collective voice with the APA, we get to say it. So we've been quoted in the New York Times, U.S. News and World Report, Fortune Magazine, multiple other newspapers. Uh, we've testified in multiple state legislatures. I've testified on the floor of the U.S. Senate and got to call out insurance company defense firms uh, got to call out the engineering firms, some cases by name, and call them fraudsters, and that's in the permanent congressional record. Uh, so, you know, and the things that we talk about, which is, you know, having researchers and a prosecution team. We have the first ever SIU in American history designed to defend you, to defend consumers. 
where our members can What's turn SIU, cases. Sorry. Special investigation unit. Okay. Uh, that's like the detective bureaus that the insurance companies yeah. have to work against you. Well, we have one that works for your customers. Uh, we call it a CPU, a consumer protection unit. It's run by some of the top insurance fraud uh, prosecutors and detectives in the United States. They're brilliant, and uh, we are now the people that can develop cases turned in by our members. Because remember, none of the board of directors or none of the executives in the APA are in the claims business, so we're not the boots on the ground in the field. You are. So you see the fraud, you bring it to us, we'll investigate it. If we see it looks like actual criminal fraud, there's enough you know, uh, evidence to prove it, then we will refer it to prosecutors to be investigated. So that's a big thing, and that takes money. You know, having the the uh, the, the research staff to see where the insurance companies are paying themselves, you know, in huge dividends and bonuses to see where they're hiding money overseas. That takes a lot of money and, and focus and effort to do that, and nobody else is doing it. So you know, you come be part of the APA, you be part of the team. Uh, a common question I will get from people is, "Hey, what's in it for me?" Uh, and I always say. You know, what if I told you nothing? What if I said for the price of a cup of coffee a day, your customers, the people that put food on your family's table, are getting taken advantage of at the lowest point of their lives by billion-dollar corporations. And this is a way that we can stand up and defend them, which is what Americans do, right? We stand up for others who are being taken advantage. We stand up for justice. We stand against you know, what we see is, you know, systematic wrongs that are being perpetrated against vulnerable people. For the price of a cup of coffee a day, you can be part of that team. Is that enough for you? You make a good living in this business, and this is a way for you to give back. Mm -hmm. Is that enough? And P.S., if I, someone answers, yes, that's enough, I know I'm talking to the right person. Mm -hmm. We don't need everybody on the team. I, I want to know who I'm in the trenches with. I want to know when the bullets start flying, because we're the ones that are at the point. We're the ones that are being targeted. I'm, I promise you, I've been told that we've been investigated. I promise you if they ever come after, you know, APA headquarters is my personal residence. Mm -hmm. You know, so if something happens, I'm the one that's going to take the heat. The APA staff is the one that's going to take the heat. The board of directors are going to take the heat. And that's what we're here for. We're okay with that. But I want to know who I'm in the trenches with. Mm -hmm. People aren't going to cut and run when the bullets start to fly. So... And yes, there are benefits to you to being an APA member. You can look on our website or talk to the great Megan O'Shea. She'll be happy to talk to you about that. But that shouldn't be your first question. If someone asks me the first question, what's in it for me? I know I'm talking to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I think part of that is just people are sort of programmed. You know, everyone's trying to sell them something and here's how it benefits you. Listen, this benefits your customers. It will benefit your business in the long run. It'll benefit America in the long run. And that should be enough. Absolutely. And I appreciate everyone watching this. What's the, is it .org or .com? APassociation.org. Alpha Papa, the word association.org. Or you can reach out to the great Megan O'Shea, who is joining us here behind the camera. Awesome. And the podcast is put on by HookAgency.com. Hook Agency, all over social. Thank you for watching. Give it a thumbs up. Comment below. Appreciate y'all. Bye.